Happy Monday, everybody. On today's episode of Locked On Canucks, we look back at a disheartening performance in Calgary. Is re-signing a 70-plus-year-old coach the right move? And the black jerseys are back, and they should be back for a very long time. It's Locked On Canucks. Tune in. On Canucks, your daily podcast on the Vancouver Canucks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello, everybody, and welcome to today's episode, Monday, April twenty fifth of Locked On Canucks. I'm your host, Justin Pooney. I want to thank you for joining us today, and I also want to thank you for making Locked On Canucks your first listen of the day we are free and available wherever you get your podcast services also today's episode is brought to you by bet online bet online has you covered this season with more props odds and lines than ever before bet online where the game starts and the canucks played a game on saturday in calgary against the first place team in the pacific division and they lost 6-3 was the final uh dylan valdar got the start for the Calgary Flames and walked away with the win. Well, Thatcher Demko looked human, uh, allowing five goals on 30 shots. The Canucks, you know, Quinn Hughes got a point, scored his seventh of the season, tied Doug Lidster for the Canucks defenseman record of 63 points. Connor Garland did score, and Elias Pettersson continues hot play. But we're at that point of the season now, guys, where basically the Canucks should have been mathematically eliminated. But because of a San Jose win, Last night against Vegas, the Canucks are still mathematically alive in the playoff race when, I mean, let's face it, there's not much left for them to, you know, play for. They do play against Seattle tomorrow against the Kraken. The That is a 7 p.m. faceoff. And Thatcher Demko was not at the morning skate today. It was Spencer Martin that Bruce Budo did say it was a maintenance day. Um... But before we get into tomorrow's game and potentially the black skate coming back, let's recap the game on Saturday in case you were living under a rock or anything like that. Dylan Dubé scored twice. Elias Lindholm got his 40th of the season, which was great for the Flames, who I still think will choke in the playoffs as they always do. Um, they scored, you know, they played well. They flexed their muscles as to why they're the Pacific Division leaders. And they played well. And I think... We all can realize that the Canucks, this last push the Canucks were on, was very valiant. Um, I've said at nauseum this push they went on at the this late season surge after a horrible start. Um, it took a lot out of this team. It took a lot out of this team. This team was, I mentioned after the Minnesota game, they were beat, drawn out. You could just see they were dead, exhausted, because they'd given everything they had to try to get back in this playoff race. And there was a point in time where we all kind of believed that maybe this is a team of destiny and they're going to make the playoffs. Unfortunately, that did not happen. It did not happen. Injuries to Horvat kind of derailed it. Um, you know, Petter, I, like I said before, there's a lot of good things going forward for this Canucks team right now. You see, you know, guys like Hughes, 60-plus points. You know, they have three-plus 30-goal scores. Probably will have a couple more 20-goal scores with Besser and Garland it's all said and done there's pieces here but it was just too little too late and now the reports are is that bruce brudro is going to potentially sign a new deal with the canucks which 
I'm all for. Like I said, I think that, you know, he got the most out of this team. He got, um, you know, them to play for him and play hard. And I think he he deserves deserves to be the coach of this team. Now, my only question is this. Reports are indicating that Broudreau wants a three to four year deal potentially, um, which would take him. Let's like right now, if we look at it right now, he's 67. So by the end of the next deal, he'd be 70. I don't know um, if hiring a seven year, a re-signing a 70 year old coach um, is the way for a team that's, you know, I see. So I'll explain both aspects of it. So in one aspect, I see, um, I see the old coach being able to crack the whip and get these guys to play hard. But as we know, Boudreaux's messaging after a certain period of time, it just becomes drawn out and tiresome and nobody wants to hear it anymore. And he eventually loses the room like Daryl Sutter does, like a Tortorella does. These old school, like Elaine Vigneault, these old school coaches, they have a certain shelf life. And once that shelf life passes, the team just tunes you out completely and it becomes another mess situation. So I don't know if hiring a old, a, a old school coach like Boudreaux is the right thing to do, especially with you want to build sustainability, which I talked about last week, which this team has not done anything of. This team has not been sustainable in, they've been sustainably losing over the last decade almost, but no sustainable amount of success. So I don't know if hiring an older coach like Boudreaux and keeping his mess, keep that message going for a longer period of time might be the smart thing to do. Now, the other side of it is with a team that has some veterans that are, or let's face it, Elias Pedersen is in his prime. He's going to be in his, or in his prime or reaching his prime, just entering his prime. Same with Quinn Hughes. Bo Horvat's in his prime. Brock, Brock Best's in his prime. JT Miller's in his prime. Thatcher Demko is basically in his prime. It might not be a bad idea to have a veteran-laden coach who can, you know, push the right buttons on vets to get them to give them their best. So I see both argument sides of the argument on whether or not um, it's the right thing to do. I think my gut feeling is um, maybe it's PTSD from the Tortorella year where they felt that they could bring in a veteran-laden coach in a veteran roster and get one last push. Um, and, and, and ended poorly. Now, Boudreaux, I think, is a little more, a lot more, not a little bit, but a little more level-headed um, than John Tortorella. And he wants to coach. He was out of the out of the game for a, a while, and he just wanted an opportunity to coach again. Um, so I, I think you look at the NFL. You look at Pete Carroll, right? Pete Carroll came in from USC, had that college raw, raw, raw attitude, and it worked. It worked great, it brilliantly for the first six five six years because all those players that he recruited from usc or whatever they bought into him but after a certain while once these guys started making money started getting paid they became adults they tuned him out and the rah-rah stuff didn't last that much longer why do you think russell wilson wanted to leave that mr unlimited i'm not gonna get into seahawks talk because it's just gonna rip my soul apart but um i th- the way i see this working with boudreaux is if it were if it if he's able to get the right messaging across and able to push the right buttons throw these these top end guys and go for it but at a certain period of time you have to know that the Boudreaux shelf life 
is not as long as other coaches are. So I wouldn't sign him to a four-year deal, maybe a two-year deal. Um, you know, give him next year. And so he's not a lame duck coach. You give him, basically give him, basically how it works would be is you give him a, a two-year deal next year. And then the year after this upcoming season, you can see what he's able to do with a full season coaching this team. Because let's be honest, as much as I think the things need to change, there's not going to be huge, huge changes um, with the core. I think the core is going to stay intact. It's going to be the secondary pieces that are going to be shuffled in and out. Um, so we'll see what Boudreaux could do if he comes back with a full season with his core. And then at that point, if you give him a two-year deal, you can move off of him because he'd be considered a lame duck coach, right? You can just cut it loose after with a year left on the deal um, and then move on and go in a different direction. Um, or if it works well, you could extend him after that. So I would go, if I was with the Canucks, I'd go to the shorter term deal with Brudro, um, just to, you know, keep the pressure on. Now he could say no, and there could be another four year deal waiting for him out there. That's a risk the Canucks have to be willing to take. Um, me being the person I am, I would take that risk and be, Hey, I don't think there's going to be a better job opportunity for you out there. Take this two year deal and see what you can do. And, have that assurance that if this works out, hey, there'll be another deal waiting for you, right? Have that type of conversation with Boost Brujo. Um, so my gut feeling is that at the end of this, I think he does come back at least for one more year um, and they go from there. Because all reports indicate that the Canucks want him back and he wants to be back. So I think um, he will be back barring any, for example, if the Leafs flame out and the Leafs job becomes available. Potentially, Boudreaux might want to be involved in that. The Washington job, if they flame out. Um, so we'll see what transpires. Um, but I think Boudreaux and the Canucks both want to be together. And I think they will be together. So that is that. Now, coming up after the break, I want to touch on everybody's favorite topic. The black skate jerseys. And should they be back full time? But first... I want to talk about betonline.net, which is your number one source for all your betting stats and sports info. Find all of your latest sports developments, major league reviews, and news, including this year's basketball playoffs, electric, electric basketball playoffs so far, and start of the major league baseball season. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sporting, wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today to use your mobile device, or sorry, use your mobile device to learn more about trends and action. BetOnline where the game starts. Okay, so interesting note today at Canucks morning skate was all the guys were wearing the flying skate. Yes. Um, they took the, uh, you know, Bruce Brudeau was wearing the black tracksuit, which got everybody kind of treated. The Canucks put on Twitter that um, they were going to be wearing their retro jerseys against the... Um, Kraken tomorrow, and it's been confirmed by various sorts that they will be wearing them. They last time they wore them, they had a 7 1 thrashing of the Calgary Flames, probably one of the best games I've seen all year. Um, Thatcher Demko is wearing the glorious uh tribute to Kirk McLean. Um, but they're um, uh, they're wearing in a meaningless game and stuff like that. But they'll be back one more night, so that got me thinking. Do the Canucks need to bring the flying skate jersey back on a full-time basis? Now, you're, you're asking a guy who's grown up with the Orca logo his whole life. Um, and I love the Orca logo. I People don't like it. They think I think it's perfect. I think it pays tribute to 
our indigenous heritage in British Columbia, which is a major part of British Columbia history. Um, you know, we are on the celestial, uh, terrestrial lands of various um, Aboriginal or Aboriginal um, ancestry lands. So it pays homage to that. I also think that they just look. Uh, I just love the blue and the green. It's very West Coast, very Vancouver. Um, I was, I hey, and I loved the navy blue with the burgundy stuff like that. That's what I grew up on. That was what my childhood was fed off of. Uh, the navy, the Naslin, Bertuzzi, Morrison jerseys. Those were my favorite of all. I don't know about that. The favorite, my favorite one was the C with the Vancouver around there like that. That was my favorite. The twenty, was that two thousand seven eight season they came in. Yeah, those ones were my favorite jerseys of all time. Um, but hey. I like the black skaters too. I think they're sexy. I think they they pop on TV. Like when the Canucks played the Flames and they both were in those kind of those throwback jerseys, it popped. The black popped on the screen. I liked it a lot. I think that they should be come back on a not on a full time basis, like be their like their every day every game home jerseys because then you bring the white ones back and the white ones are not that the white um, flying skate is not. Very nice. I think that's a very ugly jersey. Now, the jersey I do think they should bring back too is the flying V, the yellow one. People, that, that, no, not the not the yellow one. Sorry, the the black one, the black one, the black flying V, um, with I with the flying skate logo on the side arm crest. I think that is something that could come back too, um, just to pay homage back to you know eighty two ninety four. Um, I you know they're they're gonna bring they're gonna bring back the reverse retro jerseys next year. So I think that if the Canucks bring back the flying skate, like the reverse retros, um, that would be an awesome idea. Um, but also, like, you, I was kind of thinking about it. You ever notice at Rogers Arena they have those burgundy, burgundy chairs, the, the the seats, and it just doesn't look good anymore. Like this team has been playing in blue for twelve years, more than that now. Yeah, 12, 14 years now, right? Almost fourteen. 2008, 2012. Yeah, 14 years. Yeah, my math is correct. Yeah, my math is correct. So I think it's time that they switch out those burgundy chairs and put blue chairs in, makes it look more put together because the burgundy kind of sticks like a sore thumb. Um, but going back, sorry, I got off track. Going back to the jerseys, I love the retro jerseys, the 94 jerseys. I think they are, you know, a piece of history. They're iconic jerseys. They need to come back. And the players love to wear them as well. And they look more intimidating. And here's one thing I would say. Imagine next year the Canucks make the playoffs. Hypothetically speaking, they all things work out and the Canucks make the playoffs next year. Would you not want to see them wearing the all-black jerseys at home with um, black towels? Have a blackout. Rogers Arena, all black. I know I'm wearing all black today too. And it looks... Just, imagine how intimidating that would feel for opponents. Coming in to Rogers Arena with the Canucks wearing their black jerseys. Not with the white towel power. With a black towel. And it's a blackout. I think that would be extremely intimidating. I know Francesco Acquini loves his ACDC music, entrance music. Play whatever you want to play. Some heavy music. And just get Rogers Arena be turned into an intimidating fortress. That's just an idea I'm throwing out there. Just an idea I'm throwing out there. The Canucks, retro jerseys, the black skate jerseys, black rally towels, have a blackout. At Rogers Arena next year for the playoffs. That sounds like an amazing, amazing idea to me. 
with whatever music you want to play, I think that would be perfect for the Vancouver Canucks. But uh, but so let's go back to jerseys. I'm you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna rank the jerseys from Canucks history. So we start off with 1970. We all know the iconic stick in the rink. I, I like it for symbolic reasons, but it's not the best. Then we go to the flying V, the yellow one. one. The yellow one, most ugliest jersey I've ever seen in my life. I would never be caught out. The black one goes hard, though. The black flying V skate, this flying V goes hard. I I will rate that one. Then you got the flying skate with the the flying V on the shoulder. The first the first indication of that. That one was whatever. Not a big fan of that. Then you have the 94 ones that everybody fell in love with. The black one, the black one goes hard. The white one, not the best. I'm not a big fan of it. Then we go into the, they had the red with the flying skate with the red with the black, the kind of, um, what's the word for the color clashing style one? That was ugly. Hideous. Disgusting. Then we go to my favorite, the one with the the sea crest with the orca, the constipated orca, as people call it. Best jersey. Best logo. I rate it. But not the burgundy one. Like I said, the burgundy one is whatever. But remember the tie-dye, the burgundy and black tie-dye one without the heart. Unbelievable jersey. Love that jersey. Rate that jersey like no tomorrow. Um, that jersey goes hard. Then we go into this era. They had the Vancouver cross, which was my personal favorite of all time. Just because it fit Vancouver. The blue, the green, the orca. I kind of put it all together. They still have the stick on the, the stick on the rink on the shoulder patches too. Remember the Johnny Canuck with the V they had on it? Uh, the V with the Johnny Canuck right there. I like that. I also like what the Abbotsford Canucks are doing now. Their jerseys with the Johnny Canuck logo are absolutely lovely. And Abbotsford Canucks will be in the playoffs, um, which is a great sign to see. And you also, see, I was hearing you've got kids like RST Baines, all these other prospects might, once their WHL seasons will come up to Abbotsford, which would be awesome to see uh, for the fans. So I would say, hey, if you have a chance, get down to Abbotsford, watch the baby Canucks play. That's why they came here to watch the to watch young prospects grow. Um, but yeah, so let me rank my jerseys. Um, number one, we have the Vancouver, the the Orca blue green. Number one for sure. Number two, we're gonna go the whites with the, the whites with the dark names of the the Orca as well. Those are number two. Number three, we're gonna go with the fl the flying skate black and orange. Um, the what am I trying to say? The ninety four ones. Then we're gonna go stick in the rink, the blue ones, and then we're gonna go flying V. So those are my Canucks ones. I think I honestly I like what the NBA. Do. I know people hate on the NBA because they have so many different jerseys they wear, but honestly, like I like it. It changes it up. Like seeing the teams play the wear the same jerseys the whole time is gets kind of redundant. Um, like I look I, as much as I hate to credit the Leafs, the whole Drew collab they did with the Justin Bieber. That is something that I think more teams should incorporate with like with the Raptors have with OVO with Drake or, um, you know, you see these NBA teams that tap into their local community, the city edition jerseys, right? Something like that. Just make it cool. Now, what I will say is this, though. NHL jerseys are 300 bucks if you want to buy, which is too much, way too much. A hockey sweater should not cost you $300. If I want to buy an NBA jersey, I can get it for 150 bucks. Now, yes, less fabric and stuff like that, but... Really, 300 bucks to get a jersey with the name on my back? It's way too much, in my opinion. Nobody can afford that at all. They need to make these jerseys more affordable so that people can buy them. Because nobody's going to spend money on three, 300 bucks for a jersey. Absurd. I want to get the 
uh, Horvat, uh, Flying Skaters, and it was 300 bucks. It's unbelievable. Like, really, like, don't overprice the jerseys. Otherwise, people are not going to buy them. That's why you see people, so many, so many people buying reps of these jerseys because they're so expensive. The NHL needs to figure out something to make their, make their jerseys more affordable. But that's my jersey rant for the day. Coming up after this, I'm going to go through some best bets for uh, tonight in the NHL. And also, maybe we'll touch a little bit on basketball to give you guys my opinion on that. But first, it is April. Therefore, I want to talk to you guys about Built Bar. This morning, I had my routine puff bar. It's the first ever protein-infused marshmallow. They are fluffy, they're marshmallow, and they're not just a protein bar. They're a treat because they're covered in 100% real chocolate. And if you are addicted to sweets like I am, you will love them. Puffs are a fan favorite with some incredible flavors as well. They have cinnamon churro, coconut marshmallow, banana cream pie. So good. These are going to be your new favorites. Low-calorie, high-protein. Replace your candy bar with these. They're better than a typical candy bar bar which are a couple hundred capsules of sugar and all of that built bark is 130 calories four grams of sugar four net carbs and 17 grams of protein i have at built bar they're all about the taste they make it taste delicious first and figure out how to make it healthy i don't know how they do it but they do it so offer for you guys go to builtbar.com use promo code locked 15 to get 15 percent off your order code locked 15 for 15 percent off your order at built.com all right it's that time of the show best bets there's only one game only one game on the schedule tonight it's not a very good game it's a rematch of the 2010 stanley cup finals the flyers travel to chicago to take on the blackhawks the blackhawks right now are minus 135 money line uh, they're both seller dollars dwellers um if i had to pick i'd take the over on six and a half and I'd also take the Blackhawks money line just because they're at home. Um, and for player prop wise, let's go with uh, I think Patrick Kane will score the first goal of the game. He's had a very good season as he always does. Patrick Kane does. Now uh, I do like what I do. One guy I think who might score a goal is Ivan Provorov, the defenseman for the Philadelphia 76ers. Yes. Sorry, I'm thinking with the wrong Philly team. I was so invested this weekend into basketball that I totally forgot that the Flyers assist. The Flyers, I think Ivan Provorov will score for the Flyers, just off a gut feeling. Um, and yeah, that's my kind of pick. So I'll take the Blackhawks over and the Blackhawks money line, take Patrick Kane to be anytime goal scorer and Provorov to be anytime goal scorer for the Flyers. Let's talk about a little bit of basketball. Last minute. Last minute of the show, I just want to talk about basketball quickly. Tonight, the Raptors, Game 5, take on the 76ers. They will lose tonight, the Raptors. They're going to be without Fred Van Vliet. They're all-star. They're going to lose. Philly's going to close them on five. Brooklyn versus Boston. Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant will lose tonight to Boston. Boston has the best defense in the league, and they will shut down KD and Kyrie once again. So if you're betting out there and you want to make an NBA parlay, listen to this because I will. So take the Sixers. Take Celtics and take the Dallas Mavericks. Luka Doncic is back. They will win. Go up 3-2. They should have won. Gone up 3-1 against Utah. They will win tonight. They will go up. Guys, we need some money. Take care. Tomorrow, we will preview the Canucks versus Kraken. Potentially talk about some more Jersey topics or maybe some more fun about your Vancouver Canucks. Once again, I want to thank you for making Locked On Canucks your first listen of the day for your 
second list of the day. Listen to anything on our Locked On our Locked On NHL Network. Everybody's great. Everybody knows their stuff. Take care, guys. We'll talk to you tomorrow.